Geica joins me now on the Crowley Show. Hello, Geica. The Toll Man, what the hell is that? <laughs> what do you mean, what's that supposed to mean? It's your nickname. Uh, okay, that works. Whatever. I always liked Home Improvement anyway, so it's not a tough sell. It has nothing to do with Home Improvement. I have no idea what you're talking about. Matt, what uh, was your nickname when you were younger? Do you have one? Nickname? Um, not really. I've gotten Geike in the past. That was more my dad's nickname that got passed down to me. Geike, occasionally, when I've been around hockey teams, you know how creative they can be with their nicknames. Uh, that, that's about it. Uh, it's boring in that regard. I think people just stare at the combination of consonants in my last name and they just get confused and they forget about the nickname stuff well matt i will say this buddy uh that is a dangerous nickname uh geik uh just because you know, i mean you throw an extra letter in there uh, it could it could mean a number of different things that would be offensive <laughs> to a lot of people so i'm, I'm not going to call you that especially if i've had a couple of beverages here at the carson city saloon uh, matt you tweeted out something last night that i was thinking uh, and it was that, why can't we just have fun with sports, man? Like, what the bleep? Like, why do Filipponi and Dunlap got to get their boxers in a bunch about the fact that Dan Potash looks like Darth freaking Maul? Like, why can't I have one of my passions meet another passion? It's weird, isn't it? Why? It's like we have to treat this like it's church or something and keep it separate. Separation of church and state, I don't, I don't really know. I don't understand. Maybe it's just people looking for something to complain about on a dark Thursday evening in December. That's about as <laughs> much psychoanalysis that I care to go into on it. I thought it was enjoyable. I think it was one of the highlights of the season, actually, was Star Wars night and seeing Darth Maul interview Mike Sullivan before the game. Oh, to be inside Mike's head when he was <laughs> talking to Potash there or any of the, the players. I just to see C-3PO, to see all the stormtroopers and all that. Maybe because I'm a huge Star Wars fan, I found it rather amusing. But I don't care if it was Harry Potter, which I don't really care for, or any other sci-fi, fantasy, what have you. I don't care if it was a home improvement reunion at PPG Paints. It's fine. It didn't affect uh -huh. Yeah, There you have it. Your producer's on the ball. And uh, C-3PO wasn't on the ice in any portion of that game, except to run the Zamboni between periods. But when the play was going on, there was no interference. They didn't even wear Star Wars-themed jerseys or anything like you see in the minor leagues. So uh, calm down, people. It's fine. Couldn't agree more, Matt. And, in fact, now that I'm thinking this, I like to say things on the air and make promises. Because huh? if, I, if I don't make the promise on the air, then I will never follow through. And that's why on January 27th, if I do not have a six-pack, I've got to get my belly button pierced. And trust Whoa. me, people out there, I've been working my tail off for the last <laughs> week and a half making sure that's going to happen. And... I mean, me consuming beer is not going to help, but I am going to get there. Trust me. Here's the promise I'm making for Monday. To make fun of the people who can't have fun, I'm Darth Maul on Monday. Oh. I'm Darth Maul on Monday. Darth Maul face. It's coming your way, and I'll be at, where will I be? Terrace on 5th, right across the street from PPG Paints Arena. And we're going to simulcast parts of the show on Facebook Live. Mark that in your calendar, people. Well, Matt you Geica. do that, and I'm stopping by. So, Dude, uh, well, okay, I'll hold you to that then. Uh, I feel okay. like you should. In fact, any guests that I get, I want them to stop by. We can take pictures. We can circulate it on social media, and we can have fun <laughs> with those guys across the street who don't like to have fun. How's that sound? I love it. I think you and I were sent to tear apart the Pittsburgh media establishment personally. So we're going to take that mission, that assignment from heaven seriously here. 
Darn right. And I do think you're contradicting yourself a little bit, Matt, in that you were talking about Harry Potter and now you're talking about heaven. I mean, witchcraft and God don't mix, bro. Uh, I think I can. Oh, I, I think said I, I didn't can... like Harry Potter. <laughs> Wait a second. Well, okay. No, well, no, okay. So, okay. I misheard you. Uh, and now I'm upset because that makes uh. you a wank. I just don't care for it. It never really resonated with me. Maybe it was I was a little too old for it. Maybe I'm too old for you and, and your gang, Adam. That, that could be a possibility. That's probably it. Team Cho Chang all the way. Matt, the tool man, Geico, joining me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, I don't know what that means, but anyway. No one knows what it means. Matt, uh, what I like about you is that you are very invested in the sabermetrics, but you're also somebody who watches the games and you would like the metrics to match what your eyes are seeing and vice versa, but you also don't take it all too seriously. And on Fridays on this show, we really screw around. It's my favorite day of the week, as it is for most people. I want to have this conversation. What has made you approach things the way that you have approached it? Because while at times you have the sabermetric hat on, at other times... You want to rip people for not having fun on Star Wars night. <laughs> I contain multitudes, my friend. I don't know what, what does it. Maybe I'm just gifted or cursed with the ability to see things from various perspectives. You, wanted, you didn't want to throw the curse in. You didn't want to throw the curse in. You wanted to call yourself no, gifted. gifted. I'll allow it. I'll allow that. I'm gifted. I'm extremely gifted. Uh, but sometimes I am jealous okay, of your Stephen A. Smith or your pontificators who can just be absolutely certain that they are right on a topic. Uh, Skip Bayless, Colin Coward, um, the list goes on and on. But I, I'm, I'm jealous of them for being so sure of themselves, uh, but at the same time, I wouldn't want to be uh, them for their daily lives. I think uh, I, I like their performances, but maybe just the way they go about getting to that spot, I find it to be intellectually dishonest. So, uh I just feel like we don't know anything. I, I'm Mr. Gray Area. You know what I mean? I, I'm not. I'm not black and white in this way, and that's just always the way. That's the way I came out of the womb. I think I've always thought like this, and maybe it hasn't made me the most popular person at times because I don't side with conventional wisdom or I don't side with the uh, the rebels in the equation. That was not a Star Wars reference, by the way. But I, I just try to take every individual situation as I see it and uh, try to assess it independently. So. Whether it be the numbers or whether it be uh, looking at local media voices and saying that Star Wars Night is stupid, um, I'm just going to, to call it like I see it from those spots. <laughs> That's all I can say. Matt, the gray area, Geica. Matt, the tool man, yeah. Geica, joining me here on uh -huh. the rally show. <laughs> Matt, let's focus our attention on what I think is, of course, the most important thing right now, and that is the health of Ryan Shazier. And... I'm interested in your opinion because we do see things similarly a lot of the time. Do you think it's too early for me to start talking about the Super Bowl aspirations for the Steelers and how the loss of Ryan Shazier will affect them? Because I've had a hard time doing that. I started to do that today, but in the back of my mind, it's always going to go back to, is this son of a gun ever going to walk again? Well, yeah, that's number one, right? And... Uh... We can talk about hardcore X's and O's and sportsy sports, 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 all this that we want. But, um, yeah, they're human beings, and we realize that when you, when you cover them, you get to know them a little bit. And I think whether you're a fan or a media member, you've gotten to know Ryan Shazier uh, quite a bit over the past three years. He's become uh, a star here 
in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's, it's natural to lean toward the human side, but I guarantee you that Ryan has at least had a fleeting thought about, oh, my God, we were playing so well as defense, we're getting it together, and uh, now I may never play again. And I bet in the, the recesses of his mind he's thinking, maybe I let my teammates down, you know, all these dark thoughts that come into your head when you're in a tough circumstance. And I would bet that those thoughts are secondary to um, being a functional human being after football is all over. But I don't find it disingenuous because you do host a sports show and, the reason people care about Ryan Shazier is because he plays for the football or plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He plays football at a high level. So um, as long as you mix in both, I don't have a problem with either side of it, really. Is it okay to feel a little guilty watching football from this point forward? Because I never have really before, even though I have understood the barbaric nature of the game. But the entirety of the Cincinnati game, after watching what happened to Ryan Shazier, I felt weird watching the game. And frankly, I felt weird watching last night's Thursday night game, despite the fact that I didn't turn it off after the Penguin game. <laughs> yeah, so you felt guilty, but you still watched. That's what the NFL is counting on, I think. It's, it's chocolate days. cake, man. Like, I know that I'm not going to get my six-pack by the 27th if I eat chocolate cake, but I still like the way it tastes. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's a dilemma, isn't it? And... I'm the same way. For the past three or four years, I've felt increasingly, I don't know if guilty is the right word, but maybe squeamish is or uncomfortable watching football and knowing that my interest in the sport is, at least in some small way, pushing forward. And uh, I talk about it on social media um, or on our website. We chat about it, podcast videos, that sort of thing. I'm not the Steelers reporter on DK Pittsburgh Sports, but um, I do feel a responsibility to stay in touch with it. But you know, if I didn't have that responsibility, I'm not sure I would be watching that much at all. I just feel like um, I'm able to, to disconnect from it. I like football from the purely strategical standpoint, from the athletic standpoint. But when you learn more and more about where these athletes end up and how their lives end, in some cases very gruesome and, and terrible fashion because of the game they played, I know they understand the risks, but still it doesn't make me feel any better about promoting it in, in a small or a big way. So... I've been where you are for a while, and I'm, I don't know if I have any answer. I just continue to <laughs> to trudge along and, and and know just enough to be dangerous on talk shows like this. A woman who ripped a man's testicle out with her teeth has been ordered to pay the victim $700 in compensation and will be confined at home during certain hours of the day. I'm sure she had her reasons. I'm sure she wouldn't feel bad only having to pay $700. For the right price, though, I feel like I could have mine bitten off. 700 man that's that's not a lot is it that's not the right price no it is not it is far from the right price about 100 times less than the right price so 700k is what matt the tool man geico would pay to have yep. his tool bitten off uh, <laughs> oh you tied that together beautifully that's why you're the host of this program that's drive time entertainment my friend that's why the ratings are just sky high matt geica joining me here on the crowley <laughs> show of course from dk pittsburgh sports dot com uh matt appreciate your time man always a pleasure seriously yeah i i'm happy to come on board no matter what day of the week but friday seems to be the most enjoyable for me so <laughs> well good. uh maybe we'll make it a thing aha you've tied yourself down seven hundred dollars in appearance what do you think oh beautiful that's the right price for this <laughs> believe me well you didn't read the fine print thank you matt uh-oh have a good weekend you too buddy there he goes Matt, the tool man, Geica, from DKPittsburghSports.com. From his website, 
some breaking news, in fact, uh, regarding the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I know that sometimes you feel like my breaking news may be disingenuous. Ho, 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 Christmas time. It's not this time. Real news. For real. I'm not lying. I'm being forthcoming. When we come back, it's the Crowley Show. I haven't really seen this. They've never seen a guy who is half mobile and half not. From the waist down, it ain't working. Now, maybe some of your wives have dealt with that, but it hasn't been something that you've dealt with on the football field. So that's a distraction. That's an issue. It's a serious, serious thing. And now James Harrison wants to pile on? Now James Harrison wants to add another distraction? Now James Harrison wants to make this about him? Bro, kiss my ass. James, you're an all-time great stealer. You're not going to wind up in the Hall of Fame. One day you'll be on that ring of honor. But you're not better than T.J. Watt. You're not better than Bud Dupree. Shut up. You're the next man up now because Arthur Moat's playing inside. You were always kind of the break glass in case of emergency option. It's what you were last year. Now, unfortunately for the Steelers and fortunately for you, they needed to break the glass a little bit earlier. This year they didn't have to. They're 10-2. and two. They've had a great freaking season. The issue wasn't the outside linebackers, so at no point did they ever have to turn to you. Deal with it, man. You're collecting a check whenever no one else would want you. On a list of problems, yours is pretty far down the list. Uh, on a list of reasons to play the world's smallest violin, uh, this is up there. Like I've got any sympathy for James freaking Harrison for not playing. Give me a break, dude. Just shut up. I'm sick and tired of distraction rolling the narrative with this team. I'm sick and tired of everything pointing back to some level of distraction. This doesn't have to be a distraction. This didn't need to be said. It has been said and it pisses me off. What do you think about that, Steelers Nation? The Dale Lawley report where James Harrison said if he had known he was going to play this little, he wouldn't want to be here. He'd want to play somewhere else. 412-922-2874. That's 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I think Mike Tomlin has done a really good job of navigating the drama to get the Steelers to 10-2. and two. Now, some others will argue that because Mike Tomlin doesn't have control of the team, well, that's why they've had their issues. Yo, I ain't going to say that. Mike Tomlin has this team at 10-2 and two despite all that nonsense because he knows that you can't always quiet the biggest personalities on your roster. It's 2017. Things are different now than they used to be. If a guy speaks up, you got to deal with it. There are salary cap ramifications. There are win-loss ramifications. You deal with distraction. But I did not expect distraction to come in the form of James Harrison. I did not expect James Harrison to say that I wish I'd play somewhere else if I'm not getting this kind of playing time. He's a veteran. He's got an opportunity to win another Super Bowl. Yeah, fine, he'd be in the passenger seat. He'd be in the sidecar, but who gives a rip? Collect your money, 
don't suffer the CTE and deal with it. You big baby back bitch. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Last time I can go into the Steelers like room, tell you that right now. Yeah, put me in a chokehold. Great story once where on the X Morning Show, Bob McGoughlin called James Harrison something he should not have called James Harrison. But Tim's the guy who's always in the locker room, always has been. Tim walks into the locker room. James Harrison's screaming, Who the bleep is Tim Benz? Who the bleep is Tim Benz? Who the bleep is Tim Benz? And Tim ain't scared. Uh, he should be because, I mean, James Harris can pound him into the ground like Donkey Kong. One fist and Tim's getting driven to China. But Tim walks in and Tim says, man, it wasn't me. So Bob McLaughlin goes to the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex to apologize to Harrison because it was offensive. I'm not going to say it on the radio because I don't want to repeat that, but it was offensive and Bob's a great guy. I didn't mean it to be offensive, but it was. And... When Bob shows up, Harrison's like, oh, okay. And then turns and flips out because this was when everything was going on with Roger Goodell. And it was at that exact moment he got the envelopes for his fines and suspensions back when all the league rules changed. So Tim is lucky to be alive. Bob's lucky to be alive. Madden would have to have another producer. Uh, We'd have to have someone else writing Star Wars columns for the Trib. It all worked out okay. But I probably should have thought a little bit harder before calling James Harrison a baby back bitch. But it is the snowflake thing, right? James Harrison's the kind of guy who hates participation trophies, and he probably looks at this as, I could win a championship, but not being a part of it is kind of like the participation trophy. But he's the kind of guy who would probably say, oh, don't complain about this, don't complain about that, don't be a baby, don't be a snowflake. And yet, he's sitting there in his stall, talking to the members of the media Dale Lawley in particular, he's the guy that I saw run the report in saying, eh, if I don't, I wasn't going to play inside somewhere else. Now, that being said, I do appreciate honesty, but at this time of the year, you've got to know better than that. You have to. you got Baltimore this week. you got New England next week. Every game is important. There have been distractions all season long. The biggest distraction this week in Ryan Shazier having severe injury to his spine don't pile on be smarter than that you were brought along you were brought in to be a veteran that ain't what you were just there 412-922-2874 pivoting i've heard a lot of people say that this ravens game doesn't matter because the steelers have some margin for error and in driving over today i heard mark madden say that and okay In the quest for home field advantage, there is some margin for error. If the Steelers lose this game and beat New England and win out, they will get home field advantage. But I don't believe in their ability to beat New England, certainly not now that Ryan Shazier's out. So, hey, do us all a favor, win this freaking game. If you lose to New England, win out so you get the second seed. I know Jacksonville's at 8-4, and and they're two games back. They've also got the tiebreaker. They also don't need to play the Ravens and the Steelers, or the Ravens, pardon me, and the Patriots in back-to-back weeks. So the Steelers could very quickly be 10-4. and four. The Steelers could very quickly get a couple of losses in their ledger. And if they do, 
then you're talking about that number two seed. You're talking about, uh-oh, are we going to get a home game? Suddenly, if you had lost to Baltimore and then New England, the AFC North starts to not become blurry, but it gets closer to blurry than it has been all season long. Bleep that notion. They've got a margin for error. They've got a margin for error if you only keep their goals in mind and assume that they're going to beat New England. But I don't. I'm realistic. Let me rephrase that. I'm realistic. 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 I'm realistic. And I understand that the chances of beating New England without Ryan Shazier, with the defense playing the way that it has lately, with the leaks that they've sprung, is unlikely. So beat the snot out of Baltimore, or at the very least, beat them enough to get the W. Lose New England, take your lumps. Not that I'm saying you need to bow down to them or spread your cheeks. But with realism being my number one priority, you lose that game. You beat Houston and you beat Cleveland. You get the division. You still get a bye. But if you lose this game and you lose against New England... All of a sudden, you're sitting at 10-4. and four. You're not playing good football. You've got a game on the road against Houston, a team that you should thoroughly dominate, but it's Christmas, and you haven't exactly dominated teams that you're supposed to on the road anyhow. Well, things get a little bit dicey. So I don't like the margin for error talk. I think it's ridiculous. What did Herm Edwards say? You play to win the game. There you have it. There's my Stan Saverin take of the day. What did Herm say? You play to win the game. Side note on Herm. Did you see when the athletic department handed him the Sun Devils jersey? And he goes, what is this? Is this a girl's jersey? Is that a girl's jersey? No, uh, actually, Herm, this would be, uh, this, this is the jersey they play. Really? It's so tight. It's so small. You play to win the game. You can't win the game in no thing. How out of touch is he? Good luck, Arizona State. 412-922-2874. The Penguins were victorious last night. They gave up a point to the Islanders. Oh, my God. How dare you? Yeah, it's not great. You don't want to give up a point. But they did. So what? They got two. I want to see him win and build momentum. 412-922-2874. Vince Communal coming up next to talk about the Penguins. But first, we go to Joe. Who's this? Hello, Joe. Joe. Phone caller Joe going once. Phone caller Joe going twice. Joe the tool man. Up next, Vince Communal. It's the Crowley Show. Uh, Actually, no. Not even playing hockey? What the hell do they call you playing hockey? Uh, Vinny. Vinny Com? Yeah. Vinny Com's cool. Yeah. I-, I can dig that. Chenzo. Chenzo? Yeah. Vincenzo? Yeah. Okay, I like that. It's longer than Vince. It uh, see, that's the thing about hockey nicknames, dude. Like, if they've got a short name, they lengthen it. But if they've got long names, they try to shorten it. Doesn't make much sense to me. Uh, usually you just add the Y to the end of the, of the hockey name. You yeah. Stalsy. Well, Gino, that doesn't make much sense. Gino E. Yeah, Gino E. Gino E. Yeah. Usually you just add the end of the end. Yeah, they just don't. Uh, they don't think very much. The hockey players. Uh, that's why people listen to us because we can make sense of all the nonsense going on there on the ice. All right, Toolman, what do you got for me here? Uh, last night's game, they 
gave up a point to the Islanders, which sucks. Uh, but a lot of people made a big deal about that today, and uh, I'm sorry. In December, I don't care if you give up an extra point. I realize they all count the same, but get your two points. Build a role. They've been playing better hockey, and I took away from last night the fact that they were victorious. Riley Shane scored. Uh, I thought largely during the game, Jari played well. Uh, these are the things that are far more important to me than giving up a point to the Islanders. Yeah, I think it's just the way that they gave up the points. Uh, That's know, fair. Leading... 3-1 to one with five minutes left in the game, and then you end up uh, letting them tie the game, especially a team that you're trailing in standings. Right. I believe going into last night the Islanders were in first place. Um, again, like to your point, at this, at this time of the year, it really doesn't matter all that much giving up that point. Now, if it's April and you're a point behind them for first place, that's different. But I would think that they'd have much more attention to detail if they were in April and trailing the Islanders by a point in the standings. But, I mean... There's a lot of positives to take away from the game last night. Uh, like you said, uh, Sheehan scored, and Matt Hunwick scores the game-winning goal. If you would have told me that Matt Hung Hunwick was the leading scorer amongst defensemen 25 games in, I would have given you a crazy look, but that's uh, the case right now. So Yeah, you're right about that, and a good move by the Penguins to bring him in. I think he's been good. Uh, I think Ole Mata's having a nice yes. season. Uh, I think Ian Cole's played well. Uh, he was on the trading block. I don't know if he's on it anymore or if he can be, Vince, and uh, that's where I want to start this conversation. With Chris Letang still being up and down, and finally there's been some ups to go along with the downs, I've always felt that he'll get it together, and when he does, he'll play 30 minutes a night, and half the game you got him on the ice, so you're not worried so much about your depth at defenseman. But if he's going to continue going up and down, if Schultz is out for an extended period of time, you can't move on from Ian no. Cole at this point. No, and if you would go to the pointofpittsburgh.com and read my article, oh, man, yeah. just about that shameless plug. Um, yeah, I mean, Ian Cole, he, you know, he's not a as pivotal a player to winning a third championship as, you know, Kessel or Crosby or somebody like that, but he has a very unique skill set. There isn't another defenseman on the team that is a shot blocker like him, is a penalty killer like him. He was third in the NHL in blocked shots last year. Right. Uh, you, you know, you, he's he's your fifth, sixth defenseman. I get it, but compare him to Chad Ruedel, who filled in for him when he was scratched, healthy scratch those three games. Chad Ruedel is, you know, borderline AHL, NHL player. He's never played more than I think thirty-five games he's in a, guy. a season. He he's not going to just slide in and replace Ian Cole if you trade him away. And I mean, when you think about it, if you're going to trade Ian Cole, you want to get a guy like Ian Cole back in return. So what's the point of trading him? Well, I've always felt that if they're going to trade Ian Cole, he might command a lot because he's a cup-winning guy, and some general managers, they tend to believe in that more than others. I think you can hoodwink a guy or two. Uh, you're also probably not going to sign him again at the end of the season. He's an RFA, and he's going to command a lot of money, so I think that's the issue. I actually like the idea of trading Cole. We'd probably disagree on that because I think that you can get something in return for a guy who is playing well. But now I've had to rethink my entire mindset on it just because of the reality of the situation. And I would imagine the Penguins probably feel the same way. It sounds like Schultz is at least missing a month. Yes. Uh, you can't be without... Uh, you, you can't play with four NHL defensemen for a month. Uh, you, you're going to get effed. Yeah, and that's the thing. It, it's, it's on display again. Depth on defense is so important in the NHL. And like you said, you so say they would have traded Ian Cole away three weeks ago. 
who who are they sliding into that sixth spot now? Most likely an AHL guy. Um, you know, Derek Pouliot's not here anymore to slide into you that. You see the goal he scored the other night? Yes, I did. My God. That's what he did in the first NHL shift with the Penguins. Yes, he did, and then he didn't do anything after that. No, he didn't. Th- th- those kind of players are so incredibly frustrating, aren't they? They are. But your point is a good one. You don't have that next wave coming up. And it's funny the way the Penguins organization has kind of evolved. It is. Where you go back a couple of years ago, and, oh, the wealth of defensemen that they have. They've got so much youth, so much talent. They don't have any forwards. And then you see the forwards that they've brought up through the system, the Shearies of the world, of course, the Gensels of the world, the Rusts of the world. Uh, and they still have uh, a couple of guys in. Strong and yeah, Exactly. Uh, who are playing in Wilkes-Barre. And it's just a complete 180. But you're right. So now the question is, and uh, not to kind of divert away from their play uh, in the nitty-gritty, we'll get to that in a second, the Penguins can't trade Cole. So what's their next logical piece that they can move? One of the forwards. Uh, I think a guy like uh, Connor Sherry. Oh, no. no. Not not Sherry, Sherry. Can they trade Sherry and remain... Uh, and hold on to Sherry. Uh, yeah, his other brother could yeah, just move up to Goldsmere and move slot right in. But uh, I, they they do have a, a plethora of forwards right now, and I think that that's probably what you're going to trade, if not a draft pick. Uh, you know, we've seen Rutherford trade draft picks uh, like they're going out of style, so that's a possibility as well. But uh, you know, I don't know if they'll trade Sherry. I think that Sidney Crosby really likes playing with him, and, and you know, we've seen. Patrick Hornquist get moved off of the line so that Cherry could stay on the right. line, which makes no sense to me at all. But uh, we know that Sid likes to play with guys with speed, so maybe that has something to do with it. Sid likes his guys. Yeah. And, and that's okay. You, you can't you count out to that guy. Yeah, and Cherry, you know, when you move him down, he he he's really ineffective as a third and fourth line guy. So if he's not playing on the first or second line, you might as well healthy scratch him because he's just not going to go in there and, you know, four-check and bang bodies around. That's just not going to – that's not his style of game. So, I, I mean, if they, if they are going to move a guy, it will probably be a guy like him or maybe Rust. I, I know that the, the team really is high on Rust, though. Well, they, Rust they, is the kind of guy that you can slide up to play top six and bottom six. Exactly. He's more versatile than Cherry. So, we'll see. It's a little bit early in the season, I think. Uh, I know Rutherford does like to make moves. Like, if you look back at his past uh, history, he's actually made more moves in December than any other month. Yeah. So, we'll see. But I think th- they're playing well right now. They are now. playing better. I, you know, I heard you say earlier, they really could have won six six in a row. I, they lost that game against the Rangers the other night, but I thought they played really well in that game. Yeah, they were sloppy, but they were the better team, in my opinion. And, you know, yeah. that rewards you if you continue to play like that. doesn't always necessarily reward you on said given night. If you do move a Sherry, and you know what? Screw it. I'm calling him Sherry. If he if he's allowed, if he let's just call him Sherry for so long, I'm gonna keep calling him Sherry. You don't get to. I mean, you were too polite, and now you've you've befallen. Uh, you, you've made your bed, my friend. Um, if you move Sherry, you can then call up an Aston Reese. You can call up a Sprong. You've got an extra forward there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think the infusion of youth has been something that's been critical to their success in the playoffs the last couple of years. Absolutely. You do that, you can maybe garner, and you should, in fact, garner a third-line type center for that. You move Shea in down, who's been playing good hockey, and then all of a sudden your lineup uh, is complete. Now, in an ideal world, I'd rather have a guy, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, it is opinion. This is radio. I wouldn't mind a guy like Aston Reese kind of cutting his teeth on the fourth line, because I think he's got that ability. I think mm-hmm. he's a kind of a, a Hornquist light kind of dude. I'd like to have Sherry. I'd like 
then Aston Reese to slide in. You move Reeves out of the lineup whenever things start getting real. Uh, and you add that third-line center by moving a Cole. That's ideal world, but again, this has all changed. Uh, Vince Communal, Vince the Toolman Communal, joining me here on the Valley Show. Uh, Vince, they have been playing better. Why? Uh, it, it's it's funny. I think that it's funny to say this, but I think it's because partly because they're into division games now. The game, these games are starting to matter a little bit more. You know, they're looking at the standings and going, "Oh, wait a minute, the the Islanders are in first place. We're not we're not near the top of the division. Not that winning the division is all that important to them, but you look at those standings and all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, the Rangers are right there with us. The Islanders are right there with us. It's really bunched up in the middle there. And I think uh, having a consistent lineup too. Carter Rowney's been in there. They've used the same lineup for a number of consecutive games now. I think that has partly to do with it, but uh, I really do believe that they're getting into the the heart of the schedule now, and it's like, okay, guys, it's time to get serious about these games. Those, you know, those games in October against Calgary and Winnipeg, they're just—I mean, when you've won two Stanley Cups right. in a row, they're just—they're just hard to get up for, and they're just not that important. Now, Kuhn Heichel gets hurt. It sounds like that might be something that's not easily correctable. Uh, it doesn't sound like he's going to be back in the near future. So that kind of muddles things a little bit too, Vince. Uh, and Vince Kamen will again joining me here on the Crowley Show at Carson City Saloon. Come on by, Bud Light Happy Hour starting in seven minutes. Drink beer, uh, a lot of them, and come give us high fives. I want to see what they do with the lineup. Uh, McKeg got sent down. Yep. I really like Rowney. In an ideal world, Rowney's on my fourth line, but not as the center. Right. Um, but now you're going to have to mix and match the bottom. I like Archibald, too. I was surprised yeah. they, they recalled uh, Dominic Simone today instead of Archibald. But, uh, you know, I think they're just trying to get some looks with, from different guys. I, I don't think you're going to see Strong or Aston Reese up here until at least uh, February. I think yeah. that they really want those guys to be getting, you know, 18, 19 minutes a game down there. And I think that you'll see them come up maybe in, like, February. But, again, I don't think they want that, those two guys to come up here and play on a third or fourth line for – five minutes a night it's really not going to help their development at all so i think that's why you're seeing guys like archibald and damone get called up rather than those two i've been asking this question to all the hockey guys that i've had have that i've had on and of course you are one of said hockey guys uh, Sidney crosby will be in the top three in scoring by when oh i'd say by the end of january beginning of february i think that he's slowly racking up the point totals got an assist now on the uh, letang goal although would he have had one anyhow? Would he have been the secondary assist last night? Yeah, I can't remember who was uh, primary and who was yeah, secondary. Yeah, well, at any point, two points last night again. Yeah, and he'll slowly get up there, and I think Kessel's going to stay up there near the top ten. Was I, it 14 points in seven games or something for yeah, Crosby? Yeah, so, something absurd like that. Uh, I mean, even Hornquist is getting you know a point a game, and you'll see, you'll see Malkin start to get the points too, but I think you'll see Crosby there at the season's end like he always is. He might not win the scoring title, but... I don't think that really matters all that much to him. I think the the the, uh, the big silver trophy is the one that's most important to him. Last thing that I want to ask you, Phil Kessel, again, rifles one in the back of the net, and that's classic Kessel. Yes. What's made Kessel, I think, great this year is that he's done all the little things that you don't expect from Phil Kessel. And to me, if I were handing out MVP awards for the team at this point, that's my guy. Yeah, I mean, he's leading the team in, in goals, and, and I think I, I watched a shift of his last night. Where he backchecked, he he saw that Latang was caught up in the play again, and he, oh, <laughs> oh, 
a little dark there. And and he, he hustled back, and he made a play. And, it, you know, that's not something you saw from Phil Kessel in November, December hockey in years past. And, and he's shooting the puck more. And, and why not? He has maybe one of the best shots in the league. I mean, other than Ovechkin, I, I haven't seen a shot like Kessel's in a, in a long, long time. And, and why not use it? The, the coaching staff has really encouraged him to shoot, and I think he's finally getting the message now, and it's showing with the amount of goals that he has. The way he's played consistently throughout the year, I wonder if that meeting with Sullivan yeah. in the offseason actually paid dividends. I, I I would say it probably did because I think it's finally – they've been telling him for two years to shoot the puck, but I think he finally got it figured out this year. And he's a playmaker. He's been doing it on the power play. I, I can't believe that the talk coming into his Penguins career was he's not going to be a great power play player. Give me a break. The yeah. guy's been a stud in every facet of the game. Absolutely. Vince, appreciate it, man. All right, anytime. Vince Cominal, Uh You can check him out on the point of Pittsburgh. Longtime Penguins writer. Uh, stopping by. Uh, live. Not via the phone. How do you like that, Joe? Coming up next, Mark Caboli. On the phone. Nah, just kidding. He's live here at the Carson City Saloon for the Bud Light Happy Hour. That's next. Talking all stillers. It is the crowd. Show.